During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Welcome back to Kind of Funny's Planet of the Apes in review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing the entire Matt Reeves trilogy of the Planet of the Apes. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes, and I'm joined by It's Christmas in February, Joey Noel. Hello. The producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Hello. Top of the morning to you. And the number one face of the number one through seven best video game website, GameSpot.com, Timo Hussein. Uh, great day to be here. Great day indeed. Andy Cortez bit by snakes. We don't need him anyways to talk about this high quality feature film. Oh my God. You guys, I can't even wait to get into this. Nick Scorpito, what's up? I was going to say, just a clarification. Andy Cortez actually bit the snake this time. And so oh, now they're in. Yeah, so now he's the one that's in trouble with the law, unfortunately. Yeah. And for once in, in the history of Kind of Funny, the snake is on the side of right. So just throwing that out there. Wow. Or so, or so That's what's the story I heard, Joey. That's the story I heard. Damn. Damn. This is some crazy shit never before seen here at Kind of Funny. Of course, this is Kind of Funny's in review where every single week we get together to rank, review, and recap different movie franchises. Right now, we are doing the Matt Reeves Planet of the Apes movies to lead into Matt Reeves' The Batman coming out in just a few short weeks. And I'm very, very excited about that, especially after seeing this movie for the first time. But you can get the show on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny or roosterteeth.com if you wanted to get it as a podcast just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review and we'll be right there for you if you wanted to get the show ad free if you wanted to watch it live as we record it you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like gordon mcguire molecule james davis and pranksy our patreon producers have all done because they supported us over on patreon they won't need to hear the ads later for upstart and green chef but we'll get to all of that later for now let's talk about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. With a runtime of two hours and 10 minutes, it was released on July 11, 2014, three years after the first movie. This is Andy Circus. Nick, this one's for you. Mm -hmm. This is Andy Circus's seventh motion capture film yeah. from yeah. 2001 to 2014. And in just 13 years, his hard work and dedication playing three hunching characters in seven films have grossed together five and a half billion dollars. Yeah, that's why they call him the five and a half billion dollar man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Who wasn't that? laughs> this is directed by Matt Reeves, who is the director of what, Nick Scarpino? The Batman. Before that? Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Before that? <laughs> oh, crap. Why, you're quizzing me. I can't remember. I'm blank. I'm blank. What is it? I, I didn't realize this. I didn't put this together. Cloverfield. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. right Matt right. Reeves directed Cloverfield before the Planet of the Apes movies. So that's kind of kind of interesting. interesting. And okay, I know you'll know this one though, Nick. Sure. Music by 
Michael Giacchino. My man, Michael Giacchino, <laughs> coming in to drop some bangers on it's this funny. one. Joey, he asked me that every time. It's always the same answer. He sets me up for it, and I always <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt yeah. two things. One, am I right? And two, am I saying this guy's name right? We've slaughtered it every time. I don't care. Giacchino. Giacchino. Did, yeah. did he do the music for the last one, or is this a he new? He did not. This is, uh, okay. this is a new entry. I remember. Music... I just forgot that. The last one was the guy that did the music for Thor 1. So this is uh, a different direction. Uh, shout uh, out but to you... Matt Reeves really quick for also directing "Let Me In," which was the American adaptation. Oh, of Let oh the right one did in. He? Um, and oh. I thought it was for a lot of like horror adaptations from like uh, movies from outside the states, I thought it was a pretty decent uh, adaptation. I refuse Hell to yeah. watch it because uh, mm-hmm. "Let the Right One In" was so good that I'm like, so I'm good. good. I don't need to but see also, a remake Chloe of this. Grace it's Morris incredible. was in uh, "Let Me In," and she, mm-hmm. I remember her being really good in that. I'm, I'm sure she was. Uh, this had I a bunch of Matt Reeves is like secretly popping off with his movies for real. Like we man. just we just Look, did not know. So more, it's yeah. crazy because it's like it's like he just wants to make good movies. Exactly. And then, why don't all directors do that? Yeah, just make good movies. I don't know. I don't know. But he's definitely one of those guys that's de- that's built the career. It wasn't. It wasn't like you know. He didn't have like the hit, and then all of a sudden had to follow it up with the pressure. He's just like Cloverfield was great. But I, I I don't remember him directing that, and that's that no. speaks volumes. It was I just remember really enjoying that movie. Uh, this had a budget of 170 million and a box office of 710 million dollars. Oh the God. first one had a already very impressive 481 million. So damn, Matt Reeves bringing the heat with this one. Uh, in terms of awards, this once again received an Academy Award nomination for best visual effects but somehow didn't win it. And I don't understand that because I'm sitting here watching this like, good damn, every five seconds something's Uh, happening that I'm like, this is just impressive as all hell. Uh, But it did win a a bunch of Saturn Awards, including, or it was nominated, sorry, including uh, Science Fiction Film, Best Director for Reeves, and Best Supporting Actor for Circus. Um, So always a nominee, never a bride. You know what I'm saying, Joe? Mm-hmm. What won that year? Yeah, that's my question. Interstellar. I just uh, looked it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense. All right, all right. All right. Damn, that is unfortunate. That's, see, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's tough competition, man. That's like, like you know, like if it was like this year, you'd be like, all right, I think we could, we might be able to take it. But yeah, yeah actually, no, there's been a lot of great shit that's come out this year too. So yeah, damn. Uh, and before we get into our thoughts, I wanted to drop a little fact here that Joey G tweeted at me saying, I have a fun fact for you, Don, on the Planet of the Apes review. As you mentioned, Andy Serkis plays Caesar and also Kong in the Peter Jackson movie. But Toby Kebbell, who plays Koba in Don, also played Kong in Kong Skull Island. Oh. Mm. Oh, there's like a small... Here's my question to you guys, right? Let's brainstorm right now. Everyone get in. Bear, get in close. We're going to brainstorm. What, what type of animal can I corner the market on when it comes to motion capture? What do you think I'd be good at? Oh. Frog. No. Frog. I, yeah, that's no, huge. To- a toad. Huge. I, correct. Toad. Here's, here's what like I would a say. toilet toad, maybe? I think a majestic bird, like a hawk. <laughs> What about like a what about but it had to be it had to be a flightless bird because I'm not trying to work that hard. I it's think be like I a think, peacock or oh, a chicken. No, a I think in a, in, if a I was turkey. to put you in a Pixar <laughs> movie, Perfect. if I was to put you in a Pixar movie, it would be like a hawk, but one of those really like hawks that you expect it to be super majestic, and it was at one point. Yeah, but now it's just like super cynical about everything. Yeah, so no, it's no, like no, I don't it's fly. It's like Gil from Finding Nemo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's like everyone's fan favorite character because it's like oh the cynical hawk, and it's oh, like I know I don't fly i've i've been flying all my life why would i fly now i'm tired i'm done with this 
I have an idea sometimes. Be... He's basing all that on that. Yeah, I think we'd be remiss to like not take advantage of your jujitsu rolling mm-hmm. abilities. So maybe like a panda where you just roll oh, around. Like Yo, Nick is a panda is actually really good. <laughs> Nick is a panda is pretty good. Yeah. But when yeah. you see all the rest of the pandas, can I be just like a little shorter than that panda? Uh oh, some Mike Mike's of here. Course. Oh, I thought he was gonna come in. <laughs> I thought he was gonna come in and, and with some hot heat. Is he, you're a snail. You're a snail. Now more more fun facts for you. This cast blew my mind. Again, I'm going into this franchise for the first time, and like I swear to God, I. I must have seen the trailers at some point, but I have no recollection. So anytime an actor or actress shows up, like when Gary Oldman showed up, I had to like pause for a second and take a breath where I'm like, <laughs> are they really about to fucking do this to me? This is insane. Yeah. But I did not know this until I was reading the trivia for it. Do you know? So Cornelia is uh, the wife of Caesar. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a reference to Cornelius, the helpful chimpanzee from Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. in 1968, mm-hmm. the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you know who played Cornelia? It's I Judy it Greer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. What the actual like fuck? <laughs> I don't know no. why. Because she's it's... vastly underutilized. Judy Greer could have been, and this is no disrespect to Carrie Russell, because I think Carrie Russell did a great job, but yeah. they she could have taken that role. Yeah. Judy Greer is that good of an actor. But well, I love that that Matt no, Reeves no part... also created Felicity, so that makes sense with the Carrie Russell connection. That's right. Did he's he scared. really? Yeah, because he he's did. been tied with Judy Greer and Matt Robot for a long time, right? That's Wait, what yeah, yeah. With uh, JJ, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, JJ produced. That's, also that's why when you said Cloverfield, I, I always forget that JJ Abrams didn't direct Cloverfield. Yeah. I remember him. It said from like from from the mind that gave you all these other move, things, but then it wasn't him, which is interesting. Wow, that is really. Has really Ju- Judy Greer ever done any other motion captures? This yeah, is she kind does, of a weird one-off thing. She plays Cheryl on Archer, and she's fantastic. It's not motion capture per se, but it's okay. Vio, and it's great. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. See, that's not I really like how does. earnestly you said that. Yeah, she's so <laughs> like, funny. You really, show. you're like, it's not much capture, but it's really good. At trust I just want to watch her. Watch her at Archer. She's she's phenomenal in that. Now, show. now, so before we get into our actual thoughts on this, now that we're talking about casting and stuff, I will say that probably my biggest issue with this movie is Carrie Russell because Carrie Russell is fantastic, and I love her in everything that I've seen her in. And this movie, she says one thing a thousand times, and it's just Malcolm. Malcolm, Malcolm, Malcolm. Like, that's all Carrie Russell does is say Malcolm to different people over and over and over. And I'm like, guys, come on. But I just want to start this off. I fucking love this movie. Holy shit. Last week, I was awoken to the Planet of the Apes. And I was yeah. like, yo, Rise is fucking amazing. And everybody always talks about the last two. But I was like, I didn't expect the first one to be this good. I did not expect with even with all of the hype, I did not expect to love this movie from beginning to end as much as I did. Mm-hmm. And in a way that is so different than I loved last week's. And I still love last week's. Like that's what I think is so special about this is it is kind of a unique sequel where it is very much in the world. They didn't betray any of the setup that they that they did themselves, but they took it in such a different direction that is so smart and almost a different genre. And they just committed so hard to this kind of being a really, really, really dope action movie, deep ass kind of like look at humanity and extremely impressive technical showcase of movies that can hold up a decade later in a modern era where we are harsher critics of CG and things than I think mm-hmm. there's ever been before. For this to to live up to what it did, I am extremely impressed. Tam, you had your hand raised? 
Yeah, I just wanted to quickly uh, bring up something that a few people pointed out. We didn't discuss the uh, on the last episode the post credit scene um, because there was one. Um, oh, I didn't know that, that. I'm sorry. Yeah, so there's there's set up for this movie. So it has a kind of like world map of the virus, the simian flu spreading throughout mm. the world. Um, and it's basically that as, as a kind of like set up for this movie, um, which is just something that a few people pointed out. So I just wanted to bring it up and make sure that, you know, I acknowledge that. Yes, we know we missed. Yeah. It, it was essentially a, a shorter version of the opening of this movie, right. like uh, yeah. of what we see in the, the credits and all of that. But I mean, honestly, from that moment, I was just like, oh, shit, I am so into this. I love how much it focused on the apes as opposed to the humans. But I am also very happy with how much the humans were in it. I think the humans were used sparingly in the right way. And just like last week, this movie is just focused. It knows what mm. it's trying to do. There's not too many subplots going on. They want to set out to accomplish one thing. And I think they really did a good job doing that. Nick Scarpino, what did you think? I was, I was actually more excited to rewatch this movie to hear your reaction than I was <laughs> going into it uh, because I remember this movie fondly. I remember watching it in theaters, being like, "This is this is way better than I expected it to be." Watching it back a second time with more of a critical eye, they did a really good job with this film, and I think yeah. it's 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 and it, you know obviously they're building off of the shoulders of the movie that came before it, but but everything works so much better in this and it gels together to make a much better I think ex cinematic experience than the first film, which had some clunky, interesting things going on with them. The thing I love about this most, and the thing that kept me riveted as I was taking notes when we were watching it um, two nights ago, or last night, uh, was that every character's story, depending on their perspective, you can empathize with. Even Koba, to a certain degree, who is, he could have, that, that it could have easily been written as this sort of like generic one-dimensional bad guy, um, but because he's like, humans are responsible for all of these scars on my arms. Humans are the ones that put me in cages. Humans, if given the opportunity, will, will kill us all. And he's not wrong. He's not 100% right, but he's not 100% wrong either. Caesar's not wrong. Malcolm's not wrong. And even Gary Oldman at the end is like, you don't know how this is going to go. I can, we can't trust these people, the, the apes, they attacked us. And so I think... The writing is what really lays a nice foundation. You put the cinematography, the great acting, the great score on top of that, and the fact that I'm a sucker for a post-apocalyptic survival sort of like action-y sci-fi movie like this. And this, this movie really, really hits on all cylinders for me. Yeah, you bringing up uh, the notes that you wrote down. I do want to bring up a couple of them. Last week, I was very impressed with the Golden Gate Bridge action, action sequence and everything about it stands up and I think is as good as anything in this movie. But... I was very excited to see a monkey with a gun. So I wrote down, holy shit, a monkey with a gun. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I was like, holy shit, a monkey with two guns. And then I said, holy shit, a monkey with guns on horses. And then it turned into, fuck, there's a monkey in a tank. And I, they just really, they really kind <laughs> but, of like rode that up nice for me. But I, last thing I want to say, my, my favorite note that I wrote down from this movie was towards the end. Man, I really wanted him to go to monkey jail, but if you're going to kill him, I guess that's the way. <laughs> Dude, he killed him so violently. Um, but I'm going to say this, and to Matt, to Matt Reeves and to the cinematographer's credit, the monkey on the tank could have come. Like, if you look at the, I'm looking at the poster right now on IMDb for this, and it looks like a very cheesy movie. It's just Caesar holding a fucking AR on a horse riding through water with like, it's, it, it doesn't give the movie justice. And if you were just tell, tell me, hey, this monkey's going to ride on a tank, I'd be like, oh, man, that's going to be stupid as shit. But that shot of Koba on the tank 
is to me the best shot in the whole movie. Yep. It stays static. And he grabs, he grabs the guy, throws it out, dumps in, and we're still on that shot. And we're just hearing the guy dying as Koba's fucking clawing him apart. And then Koba jumps back out, and the, and the tank kind of comes to a, a halt, like, right at the gates of where the humans are, yeah. right as they've won. It's such a beautifully choreographed and beautifully done shot. It, it, yeah. It's, and it has, I mean, again, that's just one of the, the like, the hundred of beautiful shots that are in this. Like, don't even get me started on, on the monkey's, like, village, right? Their city, which oh. is beautifully production designed. Like, stunning. Uh, Joey? Yeah. Noel. Um, Tim, I'm really glad that you brought up the monkeys with guns because the notes that I have for this movie are, uh, this movie has unlocked two new fears. Not like I'm afraid of heights. I'm going to have like an anxiety attack fear, but like, I don't like the word moist kind of like a fear. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the, what type of like fear that is. There has to be a better word for it. Um, and then they are, uh, large animals riding horses. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah, I don't right. like that at all. Uh, and then large animals riding horses with guns. Yeah. Both yeah. equally terrifying. Something I hope to never personally experience in my lifetime in any sort of weird uh, post-apocalyptic world we may find ourselves in in the next, I don't know, however long I'll be alive. Uh, but I, so this movie's really good, really fun. Uh the action I think is really great. I talking or kind of bouncing off what Nick said. I think that the dynamics of the ape group colony, mm-hmm. whatever we're called, family. I'm a, I, army, I meant to look that up, Joey. Them? I'll look that up. What is a group of apes called? Yeah, I think that the I think Isn't their it, story uh, and their dynamics are so interesting. Business. A business is it, a is it business? like a murder no. of crows? But no yeah. way, it's a business. No, no, no. <laughs> no. awesome. Okay, so. It's called a shrewdness Pride? of apes. A, shrewd- a shrewdness of apes and hmm. any odd number. Maybe that's wrong, but this is a couple places. What What's if it's the group an of even apes number? I don't know. It's f- ferrets are a business. Ferrets are a business. <laughs> a business of or ferrets? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe a oh, I want the fucking planet of the ferrets. <laughs> okay, okay, Tim. Can we, go, can we briefly go on this tan- tangent? And oh, like, I'll quickly rattle them off. Alligators are a congregation. Bats are a cauldron. Sloths are a sleuth. Uh, or or a, on, a bear perfect. is a sleuth. A sleuth uh, of sloths? Yeah. Uh, a buffalo is a gang or an obstinacy. Um, what? Uh, cats can be called a clouder, a clutter, a pounce, a doubt, a nuisance, a glorying, or a glare. <laughs> Um, a caterpillar, a, a group of caterpillars is called an army of caterpillars. Ca- camels are a so- caravan. Cheaters are a coalition. Mm-hmm. Oh. Dang, murder, I like murder that. Murder of crows. Dogs, a group of dogs, a cowardice of dogs. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> what about what flamingos is? Uh, what is the oh, flamingos? I... A flamboyance. Oh, yes. dolphins are a pod. Uh, eagles are a convocation. Parade of elephants, business of ferrets. Army of frogs. Tower of giraffes. Um, a bloat of hippopotamus, a smack of jellyfish, a troop or a mob of kangaroos, and this is my favorite one: a conspiracy of lemurs. Yes, yes! I've, Tam, I've I've never been able to put it into words, but I've never trust the lemur, and I never will. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, oh, I think I just, the... I just, sorry, I just want to say I've got an image of uh, Lima talking about the deep state in my mind now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's like, Everybody. "What are we doing next, January 6th? <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I saying? Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> who, 
have no idea. So where I, I think was going I think you're about to say this. you don't like this movie very much because it's scary. No, I do like this movie. I just think that. Uh, oh, that's what it is. I think that the group of apes and their dynamics and the uh, their motivations of Caesar and his name, the other guy's name, which Col- Koba. Koba, that I will never forget. I feel like we haven't had uh, or I haven't seen a movie that did both sides as well since like Black Panther, where you like understand mm-hmm. why both mm-hmm. sides are the way that they are. And I think they did a really good job of exploring that. I think in comparison, the like human storyline compared to the apes and compared to the first movie doesn't really do re- anything for me yeah, in this one. I can see that. Um but like I also appreciate that it's so much smaller <laughs> like they made that section of the movie minor so like I'm not really bothered by it cuz it didn't mm-hmm. really throw off the balance of anything. Um but I feel like at points of it I did kind of remind me of kaiju movies where I'm just like can mm. you just like hurry through some of this human stuff and get back to like the cool stuff. <laughs> um but like I had a really good time and the evolution of the groups and seeing how the 10 year gap between the movies and like how this group of apes has evolved in how they're interacting with humans i think it's all really really cool and really fun i'm very interested to see what happens in the next one and i feel like this was one where i was like can i just watch it now (laughs) like i would just rather watch them both back to back but i didn't and now i'll just be waiting until like wednesday night until i can watch it again i'm so excited for you guys to watch this one (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i i really love this movies uh this movie sorry um the thing I found really impressive about it is like it escalates quite significantly from the last thing we saw, right? But it also is kind of natural. Like we have Caesar going into the uh, the mere woods, and then when we join them on this episode, uh, this episode, this movie, it's like they are a fully formed society, and they are like they have motivations and they have a rules like moral principles, like ape not kill ape. Mm-hmm. And they have a code of conduct and a hierarchy, and we don't see any of that happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. allegiances, and we don't really like second guess that or bat an eyelid to that. It just makes sense, and I think it they they do it by like kind of doing a quick like sleight of hand style, like don't linger too on it, just establish it and start getting into the thick of it. And I really, really love how quickly like it it kind of garners sympathy and understanding of these characters. I think you're right in that the human part of it is is a kind of like um w- the weaker side of it. But I don't think it's awful. I think it's there like it's it's really good at ironically humanizing the apes. Um mm-hmm. Because you get that contrast between, you know, the apes are clearly doing their best in their society and they have these principles. While on the other side, you can, we have an understanding of humans. So we come into this knowing that they're not going to, they're not going to like, this isn't going to go peacefully. There's going to be like, the moment you realize, oh, there's an energy, there's a power struggle happening here. You're like, well, human history has taught us we will do heinous, horrible shit for power and for fuel and for uh the kind of um benefits that that presents and i think that they did a really great job of taking that and adding a layer of complexity to it like you could that could have been it the apes are fighting back against the humans who want the Mm -hmm. dam to power their thing but what they did was within that they had smaller kind of different allegiances you have cobra struggling with um the uh caesar and then caesar's son blue eyes is mm. also involved in kind of like being impressionable and and then on the human side you have dude what's the, what's that dude's name 
Malcolm. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm. Like the, the human characters still forget. Well, you have Mal- Malcolm who's like, um, he wants to do the same for his kid to a degree. Like he wants, mm-hmm. to, he, he talks about how his kid's seen things that no child should have to see. And he's trying to f- create this family unit again, having lost uh, people. And he's kind of like the will stand in where he wants to believe. And then you have Gary Oldman's character who's just like, similarly motivated where it's like i've lost loads of things and i'm not willing to take a chance on anything ever again like my heart is closed off to any sort of sympathy for anyone even if it is apes and the fact that there's so much complexity and it's also like action-packed and heartfelt there are moments that are genuinely moving and it's like a monkey on a couch in a room that you're familiar with and you're just like why is this why is this affecting (laughs) me in this way it's such a good film Oh man, the the VHS part or not the VHS part, part the the DV mini yeah. DVD part where he sees himself like young hugging James Franco, like I got a tear in my eye for that one. Yeah. But I'll go even further. I think that what what really hits me is riffing off your point for a second is when Caesar comes to the realization that he was like, I thought apes were better than humans. I thought mm-hmm. we were better, but I was wrong. Like we yeah. are actually every bit as prone to giving into fear and insecurities and and mistrusting each other as the humans are. And I think that's such a fascinating place to leave your lead, one of your lead characters by the end of the film is because he starts and he's like, I am, we are better. We are altruistic and we deserve to be here. And by the end of it, he's like, I don't know anymore. It's a little muddled, right? Koba, Koba was easily able to sway the entire shrewdness uh, of, of (laughs) apes uh, with, by just playing into their fears, which is exactly what the humans were doing. Right. Um, Yeah. But, and again, but I love the fact that, like, I'll disagree a little bit. Like, Gary Oldman, I don't think his character was a bad guy. Yeah. I just think when confronted with, hey, if we don't get that dam up, we're running out of fuel, we have two choices. Either get the dam up or we have to attack these apes or we'll just pretty much die or, or be cut off from the rest of society and die. Like, that's a that's a tough spot to be in. And so you can kind of sympathize with that a little bit. Oh, totally. I mean, that that's, I think, one of my favorite elements and why I think the, the humans in this one are, are a step up from the humans we got in the last one because I do think Gary Oldman is not bad at all like i think that there are some choices he makes and things that he does that aren't going to be pleasing to everyone involved but at the end of the day he is just looking out not just for himself but for his people and i think that that that's kind of a a key element to it all but what i really like about it is it's a, a tale as old as time the whole kind of who's the real enemy thing like walking dead took you know 70 issues or whatever to get to the point of we are the walking dead like to have that kind of like moment of like oh that's what it's all about but i feel like this being just two movies in i mean not even two movies in it's one movie in and the first 15 minutes of this to set the tone of where they're all at you just believe it so much and i love the idea that the that the worst thing you could possibly be is human and when the apes realize they are also like humans it's like fuck that's that you You've, you've you fucked up and it's like what a beautiful horrible sad message right <laughs> that like <laughs> that that is the worst thing you could be but also i love that there's there's so many signs of hope like for a movie that is so dark and sad and, and groups against groups and and you know like man versus man eight for safe all this stuff like i love that moment that you guys were talking about of him going back to where he grew up and like the the good side of humans the good side that will was able to give him that made him be this leader is so powerful that at the end when he decides to take the life of another ape it doesn't just feel like revenge or it doesn't just feel like a plot for the movie it feels like he's making a choice for society mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's like process behind that decision it's not like an emotional reaction or anything like that yeah now do you think do you think let me ask you guys this question 
do you think maybe we're giving Gary Oldman's character a little bit of a pass? Because when he screams, he sounds exactly uh, like his character from The Dark Knight, like Jim Gordon. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Gary Oldman, I was reading an interview about the movie. He was saying that, like, <laughs> which, God bless Gary Oldman. He's like, I've done a lot of movies. And honestly, most of them aren't good. I just did it for the paycheck. And I'll admit that. But there are a handful <laughs> of films that I stand by. And this is definitely one of them. I love the franchise. And I wanted to do this movie for sure. And I feel like I really put my all into it. Have you, have you ever read what he said about Fifth Element? <laughs> No. <laughs> no, apparently, if I'm not mistaken, I think he, I think he worked with Luke Basson on The Professional, and like owed him one, and like Luke Basson was like, "I want you to come do this role as professional." He's like, "Okay," and he did it. He was like, "I hated it. It was so bad." He was like, "I don't even think I've seen the movie. I just knew it was bad." I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's a good movie. You should watch it. You're great in it." Anyway, uh, a fun. Not fun fact, a weird fact here is James Franco had no idea that he was in this movie at all in, in <laughs> any way, shape, or form. Uh, in an interview, Franco stated, wait, I have a cameo? I didn't even know that. You know, I don't even think they asked my permission to do that. <laughs> so, that's so funny. So that's but interesting. I mean, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, but without further ado, I want to get into the plot. Before I do that, let me tell you about our sponsors. Green Chef is the greenest way to get your greens. It's the most sustainable meal kit out there, offsetting 100% of their plastic packaging in every box and 100% of their carbon footprint and emissions. Their pre-portioned ingredients mean you reduce your food waste by at least 25% compared to boring old grocery shopping. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with options for every lifestyle like keto and paleo, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, and gluten-free. I'm Greg Miller, and I use Green Chef. They just sent me a box the other day. We had these... Uh, 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 these uh, uh, Greek pitas. They were delicious. You cut them in half, then you put all the delicious stuff in there, came in a brown bag, you open up the brown bag, take out all these other brown bags, then you recycle it all, then you eat this delicious food. It's great. Why wouldn't you do this? Go to greenchef.com slash kindoffunny130 and use the code kindoffunny130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash kindoffunny130 and code kindoffunny130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Think of all the things you could do and all the places you could go if you didn't have high interest loans or credit card debt. Upstart helps make those dreams a reality by helping you pay off your existing debt quickly with a personal loan. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether you're paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score and is expanding access to affordable credit. Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income and current employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. With a five-minute rate check, you can see your rate upfront for your loans between $1,000 and $50,000 and receive your funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash kindoffunny. That's upstart.com slash kindoffunny. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash kindoffunny. So I lied. There was further ado, but it was the whole sponsor read thing. Anyways, Nick, get to the plot, please. <laughs> but what does it do, really? Much ado about nothing. Everyone, let's stop monkeying around here. Hey, it's time to get serious. How many times can we piss off the audience by calling them monkeys? Because I'm not going to. They, they were big mad. They were, they were shit. big mad. They were big mad. These and I was like, not monkeys. Why, These are chimpanzees. Why do you rights. care? Why do you care so much? Like, oh, are you because... a fucking professional chimp defender? <laughs> you, know Just relax. you know what it is? You know what it is? Calm down. 
one person had a tough set of parents who were like, you need to get the entomology of these things correct, all right, or, or you're going to fail in life. And they had that drilled into them. So every time we say monkey, it, it triggers that reaction to them of their mother yeah. being disappointed with them. And they go, I have to type that into the chat. To which the funny I respond, thing is, now I want to say monkey more. The yeah. funny thing is, right at top, I think we said, like, we're going to get this monkey ape thing wrong or a lot. And then people are like, we're still going to call them out on it. It's like, please calm down. <laughs> I mean, we are dumb. Some it is grass, called, please relax. It is called Planet of the Apes, not Planet of the Monkeys. That's a much different <laughs> movie. I digress. Is it Rise of the Planet of the Apes or Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? I don't know. They're kind of interchangeable, mostly. But it is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. We're going to kick it off with where we left off for the last one. ALZ-113, also known now as the Simian Flu, has destroyed the world for humans, but made a wonderland for apes and primates alike. Survival rate for the humans is 1 in 500, but those that aren't killed by the virus will probably die in the fighting. The Earth has gone dark now this is one of those moments where i'm like I, you can go either way for tim because this is a lot of exposition and news and tim hates that <laughs> no 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 I, I i need to again clarify my stance on this i don't hate information via news i hate when characters in the movie receive information via my, news. Not, my whole mic just fucking went down yeah receive information <laughs> via news like if if it's just news reports telling the audience i'm mm -hmm. okay with that it's when somebody is like at a bar and finds out where the bad guy is because they're watching the news. That's right. the stuff I don't like. They're on Stark Tower. Uh, we open. Did our film. so for Tam and Nick who've seen this before. Mm -hmm. Did seeing this intro again in 2022 feel different? Very different than seeing it before. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. As I was it watching, I was like, did. "Oh, this is I. This is a lot to take in and." Maybe this feels different now. Yeah. The CDC says there were between five and 150 million deaths. And I was like, oh, shit. That's all. That's a big gap a big there. Gradient. But damn. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Uh, I love the opening shot of this film. It opens on Caesar's eyes. And he's got one of those cool red like hunting stripes down, down his, his head uh, because they're about to go on the hunt. And we think originally it's humans. One of his lieutenants comes back and says they're closing in, uh, but then all the apes take to the trees to ambush someone. Uh, Caesar's son, Blue Eyes, is there as well, but they're not hunting humans. They're hunting elk for food, and this is a cool little reversal on a little twist. I don't know if you guys thought they were going to start killing some humans either, but I was like, oh, are there? Yeah, I thought this I was, was maybe you. where Malcolm came in, but yeah, it's cool too. to see them hunt. Uh, and of course, Caesar spots some claw prints on a tree and he tells his kid to be cool before his but blue eyes is like, I am my own son now, dad, and decides to go out on his own. And then Mama Bear comes out and is huge and she does not like that. Uh, Caesar, of course, calls in reinforcements while dodging strikes from the bear to protect his son. And then Koba flies in with a spear like a madman and downs the bear in one fell swoop. Uh, and Caesar within two minutes of this movie starting i'm like let's fucking go i love it like immediately i knew you guys were right but like coma oh. fucking killing this bear the bear scratching the sun so it's like oh we're gonna be able to identify yeah, him thank you for that man. like i loved all that so much but what i also really really appreciated is this movie the entire movie is in full frame so the whole thing there's no letterboxing it's just you're getting the entire tv filled and they use that so well they use the verticality of the mm, trees I didn't and notice all that. of the different cool. apes jumping around oh my god it is a stunning film uh caesar thanks koba for uh for saving his son's life but then tells his son you gotta think before you act which is wise words his son does not utilize later in the film uh they take their kill back to the city uh, weirdly do not take the bear back. I'm like, you could eat the bear too, and the bear will provide you lots of warmth. Maybe get a big, big blanket, get a bunch of monkeys underneath that blanket, and do some monkeying around. <laughs> the audience is about to go ape shit on me for that comment. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, that's the last one, I promise. Uh, let's see. Koba tells Blue Eyes, he's like, don't feel bad. Scars make you strong. And then they ride back past the Mount Tamalpaya sign. Well, of course, the one with all the scars is going to say scars make you strong. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. You, fucking, uh, you know what makes me strong? Smooth skin. Get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a fun fact for you here. The name Blue Eyes was given to Caesar's son because he's the first of the generation to be born without the chemical. That mm. makes their eyes green. Mm. That's cool. Also, he has the eyes. Uh, is this gets... what spawned the whole like grizzly bear versus gorilla, which I know is not in our vernacular for this movie, but debate? Or is that what got people talking about this? Or is it just one of those weird internet things? No, that is, I think it was just a weird forever? internet thing. I, I, yeah, I think it's just morbid curiosity. But I but now we have a definitive answer. Yeah, mm. now we know it's Coba. Coba with <laughs> it's the Coba, baby. Uh, Maurice, we catch back up with him as we come back into the the uh, ape city. Uh, teaches the younger generation the alphabet, and they're all cute, like Nim Chimbsky. Thank uh, you. There you go. <laughs> Caesar gets the sign from the doctor. Uh, his wife Cornelia is giving birth to a little baby monkey, and it's all wet looking. And you're like, oh, it's wet, but it's still super cute. <laughs> Blue Eyes comes in to meet his new brother, and it's very touching. Uh, Maurice and Caesar take a moment to reminisce on how far they've come. Caesar admits he still thinks about the humans from time to time. It doesn't matter now. Good, bad, humans destroyed each other. It's been 10 years since we last saw a human. They must be gone by now. Uh, we catch up with Ash, who was Rocket's kid, and Blue uh, uh, Blue Eyes come back from fishing uh, and run into a human. Carver, who uh, freaks out and pulls a gun on them. Uh, Ash kind of spooks him a little bit, and Carver pulls the trigger uh, and, and wings him in the arm. Malcolm, and again, this scene, 10 minutes into this movie, tense. maybe, and we tense. are just all like, don't do it. Don't fuck it. Oh, my God. He shot him. Fuck. Oh, yeah. this is so bad. Oh, like, no. It's so yeah. good how it has us by the emotions so quickly. And again, they oh, yeah. earned them from the last movie. So it's not like, oh, we're just kind of here for emotions. It's like, no, this is we're in this world. We totally believe in it. And I love that we are scared for the, the apes. But then the moment he shoots it, we're scared for the humans because yeah. <laughs> we know that these apes are about to fuck them up. Right. It's true. Uh, Malcolm, of course, and the rest of the humans show up, but are soon completely surrounded by Caesar and the rest of the apes. Uh, Rocket, Ash's dad, is beside himself with anger at uh, the fact that his son has been harmed. Malcolm smartly realizes he should try to de-escalate this situation before they get their brains pounded out of their skulls. Uh, Caesar tells them, he looks at them and just tells them to go the fuck away. And Malcolm's like, my bad, I'm gonna go. Uh, Alex accidentally drops his bag in the ensuing madness. He wants to go back for it, but Malcolm's like, uh, no. Uh, Caesar orders Koba to follow the humans and do a little reconnaissance because he wants to know what they're up to. And this scene's awesome this is the first time we we go we, we go back into the city and i love the shots of the bridge being overgrown with like uh, you know greenery the world taking back what humans have built uh and of course they're going across the bridge in the cars while koba and his two little like his lieutenants are just like on top of whatever the what do they call those the cables the high tension wire cables and they're just like sneaking um, around no one ever think to look up it's super cool uh, Koba and the recon crew tail the humans back over the Golden Gate Bridge where they meet up with Gary Oldman. Uh, he tells them that the dam is intact. Malcolm tells them that the dam is intact uh, and uh, they need to start generating power within the week. But there's a problem. Uh, they drive over to Zone 9 and we see that everyone's been quarantined off and they're this, like the last remnants of human beings are holed up in this area of the city. Uh, we learn all about the humans. Uh, whoever's left is genetically immune to ALZ113. That's an important safety tip, so that's no longer a problem for them. Carver is freaked out by Caesar, but Malcolm thinks his leader is remarkable. He knows there's more there. SF, of course, is in shambles. With no power and very little fuel, things are looking dire. Koba and the crew report Very back cool. to Caesar. Yeah. This whole setup, 
getting all the humans that are uh, alive together in one place like it, it it again adds the just kind of stress of it all and explaining mm. that like cool they're immune to this thing like just the way that you see the whole city that's overgrown and just all of it i think thought was very well done uh and a fact here is there's two clues to the fate of will rodman who's james franco's character after the events of the first movie when caesar returns to his house a sign can be seen with an x on the stoop by the door usually this means someone living there is infected mm. so it can be assumed he was one of the first to die in the the plague also his jeep that we had from the first movie is seen covered in vines and vegetation uh and it can clearly be seen when caesar and his friends first arrived at the house of course if will have left his house he most likely would have driven his car so okay probably dead. Well, that makes sense because he was in kind of ground zero of 113 yeah like yeah. The, the outbreak right homie his his friend was all coughing blood all over people like it was going out of style so uh let's see coba and the crew report back to caesar and recommend attacking but maurice knows he's like they got guns Caesar tells them, no, look, if we go to war, we could lose what we built. Home, family, future. He tells them, I'll decide by the morning. Uh, Koba pulls Caesar aside and tells them they must show strength. And Caesar goes, oh, don't worry. We will. So <laughs> they take to the streets of SF in droves. And the humans start freaking out because like a thousand apes are suddenly on, on the street. Because, yeah, what they had told everybody, there was like, what, 80? Yeah, he's like, and, <laughs> yeah. and Gary Oldman has like, like a lot more than 80, right? <laughs> Uh, Malcolm pushes to the front of the line uh, with uh, Gary Oldman's character's name is Dreyfus to take stock uh, and it does not look good for the humans uh, so he goes like I'm going to take care of this he walks out to greet Caesar Caesar tells everyone apes do not want war and everyone's like whoa they can talk uh, but we'll fight if we must and at this point I would be like let's take him up on this offer let's let's listen to what this guy has to say <laughs> uh, Blue Eyes returns Alex's backpack to him as sort of a show of peace uh, Caesar draws a line in the sand and says you live here we live there do not fuck around or you will find out. Yeah. Uh, Dreyfus reassures his people they still have – he's like, don't worry, guys. We have stockpiles of weapons. A little exposition here. He's like, we got stockpiles of weapons left over from FEMA and all the military and all this and that and that. So we got the firepower if push comes to shove. But we got to figure out an alternative. And he tells everyone, look, we're just going to figure out an alternative power source. Uh, we'll leave the dam alone. In confidence, of course, Malcolm's like, you know that's our only shot, right? He goes, yes, we need that damn power. No pun intended. Malcolm volunteers. He's like, listen, I'll go back up there and talk to the apes. Dreyfus gives them three days or they're going to go up there and have to kill every single ape they can find. Small wrinkle, though. Carver, the asshole that pulled the trigger on Ash, is the only person who can get the damn working. I'd be like, just teach me. You're not, we're not bringing Carver, you back up there. Carver's the asshole guy, right? Yeah. 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 He sucks so hard. Like, I was like, I, I, I want a monkey to kill him. I want <laughs> yeah. one of the monkeys to kill him. I was like, any I'll take any monkey. I would love it if it was Cobra. But, yeah. um, oh, God. <laughs> I'll take I want him to die so much, yeah. I liked, I, I do like that actor a lot, though. And I want to say he was in Oz, the, the HBO show. Oh. I don't know if you guys ever watched that. There was, there was something about his character that I felt like was kind of unrealized, if you get what I mean. Like, there was mm -hmm. clearly something behind his absolute mirth for, like, the monkeys beyond just, mm. you know, they are... They they are the reason this happened, because mm -hmm. there was that moment where he's playing, where he's looking at this uh, the baby monkey, and he like he softens for a minute, and you're like, okay, there maybe there's more to this, but then it doesn't really go anywhere. No, I think, but that, but again, I think, and to that point, I wish they had fleshed it out a little bit, but you get that he's like, it's been a hard life, yeah, and he blame. I mean, he even talks about it. He's like, I blame these monkeys, and then Ellie goes, well, it's not their fault, it's our fault, and he's like. Can you honestly tell me that you're looking at them and not there's not a small part of you that doesn't think like we should fucking kill all these, like kill them all? Yeah. It's still their their fault, right? So he he recognizes that yes, the humans built this thing, but he can't disconnect the fact that 
like apes were a huge part of it to some degree and they're capitalizing while humans are dying. I'm not saying he's right, but it's, it's, it's interesting. I think that you're right. I think there was more of that character than they explored. I think it's him. And then it's the other guy whose name I don't remember. Which one? Um, who, um, the guy that puts him in the car, the guy with the gun that has like the interaction with ape with the guns. Oh, Terry, um, where you see, yeah, where you see like, as <laughs> a great actor, too. I don't know his more name, of, of like the human arrogance of like still not really understanding, right? Um, and having this like dominance and superiority over the apes. And I feel like, uh, those two characters are there to be like they we even though society has changed and everything's kind of blown up like there is still that hierarchy of like they're not better than us i think the two actors that were playing in the in the gun range the characters names were terry and mcveigh and i just want a, sh- a set of short <laughs> stories about these two terry guys and mcveigh <laughs> how they got to these places uh because man these guys are just not doing a great job at protecting that armory. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Carrie Russell thinks he's nuts, but it's their only option. She wants to come with, and Alex's son volunteers too. A little, little backstory here. Ellie is not Alex's mother. Uh, Alex's mother passed away, and Ellie's whole family passed away. So now they're trying to rebuild a family from each other. Uh, Malcolm and the team head up to the mountain, but Malcolm goes at it alone first. Uh, he walks right into Ape City, unaware that Buck and his gang are just kind of like standing guard, just hiding in plain sight amongst the stuff. And man, this scene is tense when they bring him in front of caesar it's scary as hell uh, of course caesar sees the opportunity and agrees uh to uh to, to help malcolm uh, malcolm's like listen i gotta show you i'm gonna take you to this damn caesar's like uh i, I think like, this is the the scene where this happens but where they first walk into the settlement and he's like walking in and there's like skulls and bones yes. and like hanging things to like kind of ward off humans from coming in like that is so cool and i just think it's like a great way to show that these apes are smart and like are able to use like fear tactics to yeah. kind of dissuade humans well, from fucking with them it's interesting i thought that too but then a part of me when you look at the production design for all the spiky stuff coming out there's a case that could be made for that's the thing they swing on because there's lots of like lots of horizontal bars that are happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you see later in the trees, they swing off of like all of those mm-hmm. like nubby bars. So I don't know if that was like, Hey, half intimidation, half practical or not. Like for sure. Well, the, the canopy they come into is just terrifying. Yeah. But I think that's more for like to keep out predators or keep out. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. 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 That, that's but a it, cool idea though. Yeah. Then they need to swing off shit. Yeah. Like you see, like you see a lot of the stuff that, that like how it's built is built with the thought of like how would apes get around right they don't walk around on just two legs and need stairs and stuff like yeah exactly uh let's see Uh, all those scooters that are just i'm sure rife around san francisco oh my god that'd be (laughs) hilarious could you even imagine uh caesar agrees to help him he gets it right he's like if he's like he goes he says lights right i understand what lights are um and, and then malcolm says if i'm a threat you can kill me and caesar's like yeah don't fucking worry about that dude have you met koba koba's koba's about like this close to killing you at any given second uh malcolm and uh, malcolm and the apes return to the car uh they can stay under one condition to give the apes their guns which rocket promptly destroys uh with a rock koba brings up a good point we'll help them and that'll make them stronger and therefore more dangerous but caesar knows that if we don't help them they'll attack out of desperation let them do what their a great human- conundrum yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they, they set this up in a way where I'm like, there's not a right and wrong. Like mm-hmm. these, there's two different groups that are at this point, whether you like it or not, like they are more human than animal at this point. So mm-hmm. it's like, they're just trying to survive and do their thing. We're just trying to survive and do our thing. Like mm-hmm. what a cool, cool way to handle it. And I love, I love this exchange. I wrote it down here, right? They'll attack out of desperation. Let them do their human work. 
to which Koba points to the scars on his arms and face and says, human work, like human work. And he says it like five times. He says it like five times. Like, this is what human work looks like to us. And and Caesar's like, shit, he's not wrong. And Koba is scary. Uh, but he reluctantly backed down, backs down. Uh, Caesar points out to one of the younglings, Koba only learned hate from humans because they're like, well, Koba's not wrong. He's like, yeah, but Koba only learned hate from humans. He doesn't see, he didn't see anything else. He didn't learn anything else from them like I did. Ellie takes, uh, talk, tells Malcolm that she realizes the pressure is on him. Everyone is counting on him, but Malcolm isn't worried about the humans. He's worried about his son who has seen a lot more than a kid should have seen. Uh, Foster points out the apes don't need power or guns. He's like, we, we shouldn't mess with them because they're they don't need any of the things that we need to survive. They can survive out here and they're they're just therefore stronger than we are inherently. Uh, Carver blames the apes for the simian flu, but Ellie sets them straight. Humans made ALZ one one thirteen in the lab, but Carver still hates the apes. Uh, of course, then they discover Caesar's wife is sick. Uh, we discover that they haven't discovered that yet. The next morning, Alex wakes up to find one of my leave. least favorite plots of the movie. Like I I get it. They answer the questions of like. Oh, she's sick. Oh, she gets helped. Okay, cool. We're team. It's like, I feel like they could have went a little deeper to add the stakes a little bit, like make it kind of like, oh, well, like you need these people to help you. It kind of just felt like by the numbers in a way that the rest of the movie doesn't. Well, I think it's also a red herring though, right? Because like, you're like, okay, Carrie Russell's going to help Cornelia. And then Caesar's going to be like, oh, everything's great. But then they just, it all goes to shit anyway. And that's honestly one of the things I think this movie does so well is it feels like it's spiraling out of your control the entire time. You as the audience member is like, this makes sense. We have a ten, like a, a tenuative tweet, uh, treat, treat, no, truce, not peace, I, I peace and truth together. Uh, <laughs> we have a piece. It's, it's, it's very delicate. And then, of course, it just starts spiraling out of control. And you're like, oh, that's so sad that it happened. Uh, we even have that, that last exchange there. It was like, I really thought we had hope. And he's like, you should just go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next morning, Alex wakes up. And I'm just going to say right now, Maurice is my favorite character in this whole thing. Maurice is, like is great. Too, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, the apes, of course, he wakes up and looks out, and the apes are all there. Apparently, they get up a lot earlier than the humans. Um, <laughs> that's what happens when you don't watch TV. Koba is nowhere to be found. Of course, Koba secretly is headed back to the city to do more reconnaissance. It discovers the human testing their arsenal of weapons. They sneak in, discover a massive army, but are soon discovered by Terry and McVeigh. Koba uh, <laughs> immediately plays stupid and acts the part, and they just let him go. Like, I love this moment ape. so much. I love it's... this. The way he moves mm-hmm. and is like motioning, it's like straight up like trained. It looks like one of the monkeys from the old like uh, human makes friends with monkey movies, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, look, I taught my monkey how to ask it's for food. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Nim Chimsky asking for a bottle of vodka. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the notes I wrote down here is, oh, fuck, they're giving the monkeys guns. And then my next note was, oh, guess not. And at this point <laughs> in the movie, I thought this was them kind of like playing with it and hinting at it and that we weren't going to get it. So imagine my surprise when he ends up in a tank. <laughs> <laughs> Man, maybe the guy's name is Manone. Where did I get Terry from? God damn it, Nick! <laughs> McVeigh is so much. Guys. Now, hold on. Now I got to look because I thought I was like so bought in on Terry and McVeigh. <laughs> are you sure terry isn't his name in breaking bad maybe maybe oh. i don't think so hold on let me look that's, one, that's one of the neo-nazi dudes at the end of ah yeah that guy's always right. a Nazi and everything he does no that's mcveigh the oh, other guy's okay, terry okay, i think okay all right well you know what guys i'm sorry i'll leave it leave a comment in the comments below if you know the name of these two characters because we i feel you for the last we gotta time. go How back and dub, comment, overdub like, it what, what will be more comments like uh people correcting us on the monkey thing or people correcting us on the terry thing i, I think, think it'll be a both i think it's gonna be i, th- I mean at this point I, like 
I, I think it's gonna be Terry. <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> people will really seem really, really have a, a you know a stake in this. I I want them to really go in and start like a hashtag, like never forget Terry or something like that. Which okay. like. <laughs> right now, I mean, I'm literally scrolling back. Okay, I see these guys right here. Hold on. Let's see. Oh damn it. Okay, because I'm on, I watch this on Amazon, so I can see like where what yeah. the names are. Oh the mm. no, it's Terry. Okay. So Lombardo Boyer is Terry, and Kevin Rankin is McVeigh. Oh, God, crisis averted. <laughs> Thank God. Wait, what did you think his name was? M- Manone? That's a different character. Is that a name? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that well, a name? These, yeah, I don't know. Guys, listen. I'm doing don't worry, best. Tim. <laughs> his name is yet. Terry. It is Terry. At least according to Amazon Prime, it's Terry and McVeigh. Oh, yeah. I love you. I know. All right. Hey, back to the plot, everyone. <laughs> Alex and Ellie bond over Ellie's uh, uh, daughter, who has passed away, and they work to clear blockage in the line, uh, except for some reason they're like, oh, this is uh, as far as this explosive cord goes. I guess I'll just detonate it now. To which the other two people will be like, or we can get out of here, and you can detonate it by yourself, therefore only risking one life. And Jason Clark's character is like, no, too late, boom, right? I'm like, what is with the humans constantly pulling? This? Like, do they Are they trigger happy? Is that what we are? You want to just explode everything? Uh, of course, they get rightfully stuck in this tunnel because they just exploded something above them and the apes help them out, uh, help them clear the rock and they save Carver. And like, oh, we're bonding here. We're bonding. Uh, Malcolm thanks Caesar for saving them, but they need more time to clear the debris. Caesar's little uh, baby is super cute and Ellie, Alex, and Foster fall in love with him, but Carver's a piece of shit and he tries uh, to swat the monkey away from his case because he's hitting a shotgun in there. And Caesar's like, dude, I said no guns. And Caesar yeah. takes it and he throws it into the lake. He's like, get the well, fuck out there's of here. The, there's that bit where he holds the gun and like threateningly like uh-huh. pumps it a bit. And I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> he just this does is, the Arnold Schwarzenegger like yeah. one handed cock. Or yeah, little Hamilton, yeah. like, and then like just absolutely eats it into the river, and you're like, okay, yeah. thank God. Yeah, uh, it is the moment of like, oh, did, did they like really fuck everything up right there? Yeah. He's just, I like, like worth done. pointing out, like the amount of restraint that Caesar holds in this movie is unreal. Like yeah. it's it's like a massive part of his character, which I really love, and the the movie does go a long way in kind of testing that resolve with different scenarios and i think that's one of the big big parts of like really strong characterization he's he's like clearly got a set of morals and he sticks by them even when he's in rough spots Mm -hmm. until the end when he you're like when he has that moment where he bends the one rule major rule he has you're like Mm -hmm. yeah i get why you did that and you don't feel like betrayed by that twist because it's truly earned by everything up until this making a Batman. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> this is, there's going to be a, at the end a uh, moment where Edward Nigma, you're going to be like, oh, I get him. You're like, I see a little little myself in this guy. I see, uh, I'm going to start writing fucking annoying cryptic messages and leaving them around. <laughs> the <city. laughs> What's six foot one and has blue eyes? Tim. Uh, but let's see. Malcolm returns to Caesar to apologize, but Ellie uh, sees that uh, Cornelia is sick. She offers antibiotics, but Caesar does not trust them. Uh, but then once she administers the antibiotics, Caesar's like, you get one more day to finish your work. And Malcolm's like, we can't do it in that time. He's like, don't worry about it. I'll get the apes to help. Uh, Foster escorts Carver back to the truck and then takes the keys. And he's like, stop fucking up. But Cobra returns uh, to update Caesar. Uh, Blue Eyes tells him he's helping the humans uh, and he's not happy. Uh, he heads to the hydro plant and knocks Alex down, but Maurice steps in. Uh, Koba accuses Caesar of loving the humans more than his son, so Caesar bashes his brains out, uh, but then stops short of killing him. Mm. Uh, he remembers, of course, the safe rule, ape, not kill ape. Koba offers his hand in forgiveness, and Caesar accepts it, and then Koba just like just goes very fast. You're like, oh, he's going to... He, for sure, Tim. Yeah. If you did that to me, I was like, this guy is going to betray me. I know it. 
Uh, Rocket reminds Caesar that Koba didn't tell anyone about the guns. Oh, excuse me. So they talked. There's a quick conversation where someone says, "Hey, Kobe, you didn't tell Caesar about the guns." And Kobe's like, "Eh, let's hold on to that one a little bit because uh, I got a plan." Uh, he goes to Blue Eyes and he's like, "Listen, I'm worried about your dad. You know, we got to help him out." And Blue Eyes is like, "Okay, I'll help you out. I'm stupid." Uh, Alex gives Blue Eyes, Maurice, Blue Eyes is like, I don't understand. Blue Eyes is like, I think that they set it up and they justify it really well because they have Kobe save Blue Eyes at the start mm-hmm. and show power, but also like Blue Eyes weirdly not trustworthy of his father, who he knows like presumably knows evolves from a stupid monkey into like leader of the monkey army and it's yeah. like he, I, give I your mean, dad some credit but he's also he they build him well to be at that like impressionable age which uh, yeah. which is something that like uh, another theme that i really like about this movie is that like you know neither side is bad but you know there are you know seeds on both sides that you know impress like do things to kind of like manipulate um yeah. their own uh, which I, I I find really in this interesting and fascinating. I, I thought it was a wise call to have the blue eyes and then have a second kid be a baby because I think it kind of helped us not look at blue eyes necessarily as like a twenty year old, which like mm-hmm. is kind of the vibe as I like would have had just right? looking yeah, at him. Yeah, but like yeah. ha- them having the baby made me think of him more as like eleven, yeah, ish, yeah. like a puberty mm-hmm. age, which I think does kind of make a lot of his actions make more sense. Damn, bro, you hit puberty at 11? <laughs> I did. I was, was six feet tall when I was 11, Nick, and it was really awkward. And, like, <laughs> I know that you'd think, like, oh, woe is you. Do you know how awkward it is to be six feet, to be over a foot yeah. taller than all of your friends? I would have been a bully. weird. I would have just thumped. I would have walked around and thumped. Didn't work that heads. way. I got bullied for being tall. Oh, I, I, no, it was a whole fucking thing. Slap those kids <laughs> straight. Uh, Alex gives Maurice's graphic novel for stepping in and saving his life, and it's a very touching scene. Uh, back at the armory, Koba returns to Terry and McVeigh, <laughs> who continue to be idiots, and he disarms them with relative ease and then shoots them horrifically. Uh, meanwhile, Malcolm gets the water running and the hydro plant finally starts kicking out power. Koba rides back to the Apes gu- uh, City with guns while Malcolm and Ellie head to the abandoned 76th station to view the fruits of their labor. The lights are on. Let's play some music. Uh, Kent plays The Weight by the band over the loudspeaker, and it's a touching scene. And probably it the last is. one we're going to get before shit is about to hit the fan. It's so uh, funny I- to in the post-apocalyptic stuff to see, like, what the little things are that, like, have been gone from society that, like, remind them of, like what life used to be and stuff like that and i love that it's like always something in the arts it's music it's yeah physical art it's movies like that it's just the capturing of like the human experience yeah totally i i loved this scene and uh the note that i wrote down is like the human to eight balance so far is so good the monsterverse needs to learn this like i would have loved to see like godzilla 2014 and kong skull island and all of that like have the balance that this movie does because there's something there especially as you get into king of the monsters but it's just lost because there's too much noise. What's up, Tim? Mm-hmm. I did some quick Googling. Do you know what that graphic novel is? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I recognized it for a while, but it took me a minute to remember. It's what is Black, it? It's called Black Hole by Charles Burns. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty well-known. Um, sounds like... Um, it's, it's also about, like, um, uh, a group of teen... It's about a disease that is trans- transmitted, but it's, like, sexually transmitted disease. Yeah, it, it, it's, like, an allegory for, like, coming of... Like, teenagers coming of age and stuff like nice. that. It's yeah. really, Got like... It. Seriously, one of, like, the most, like... Uh, art style-wise, of just, like, one of the weirdest and kind of most, like, fucked up, like, uh, graphic no- novels visually, I think, like, coming out of the West. Um, it's really weird, but really mm. interesting. Very cool. Yeah. 
Uh, 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 back at Ape City, Caesar takes Ellie and Malcolm to the looking point so they can see the lights on the city burning bright. So uh, cool. Over in the trucks, though, not going so well for Carver. Carver hears the music and is like, oh, that's great. And tries to light a dart. And then Koba pulls him out of the car and just beats him to death. And another great shot because you just see Koba pounding and you hear Carver like grunt for a second as he dies. Very good cinematography. We also see Cornelia up and running. Hey, the antibiotics worked. Did you know Judy Greer played Cornelia is what I wrote here? Apparently I didn't. <laughs> Apparently I don't remember this note that I took because I couldn't guess it at the beginning of this one. <laughs> and then I put in with a lot of question marks slash slash exclamation marks, Joey. Is there nothing she cannot do? Yeah, I need to do some more digging as to like, is this a part of her acting and like performance repertoire that we just don't know about or was this like a one-off thing that she no idea i have to imagine that i happen to imagine they they cast her and she had some lines they just cut them out of the out of the movie um because cornelia doesn't talk at all in this which is weird i hope Uh, that she in the future gets the katherine hahn treatment and like mm -hmm. really gets some like dope roles and people come to appreciate her i agree uh rocket starts uh a fire and blue eyes realize the humans have helped his mother and he's like oh maybe my dad's not stupid at all uh caesar spots coba down at the bottom he's like oh that's weird and then takes a bullet in his shoulder and they framed carver for the attack by just randomly leaving his hat there I'm, like i the am apes sh- the, the apes are like wait I, that's carver's hat like who the fuck? <laughs> what i am so shocked that caesar's the only one to see uh coba down there because yeah. the way they frame it it looks like everyone is looking at yeah, him but I'm he's like about. no man my camo index is through the roof you have no chance <laughs> yeah. dude this shit was crazy man like him getting shot i didn't see coming at all and i thought caesar was done mm-hmm. i thought it was it like because oh. like i didn't know where the fuck they're going with this shit and i was just like oh man here we go humans are gonna take over it's gonna be a whole other thing nah the way they did this fucking excellent then there's a great part here, and again, proving that Maurice is one of my is the best character in this whole thing. He turns very quickly to Malcolm and Ellie and whispers, "Run," because he's like, "There's nothing I can do for you now. Yeah. This is it. The shit has hit the fan." Koba rallies the apes against the humans and unites them all against uh, uh, the SF. Uh, come fight for Caesar. Uh, guess Carver uh, Caesar should have broken their sacred rule just that one time. Uh, Malcolm, who I'm now realizing actually has two L's, not one, because every time I have misspelled this, uh, Ellie and Alex hide. From the rampaging apes, uh, as back in SF, everyone celebrates that the power is on and they don't know what's coming. Dreyfus surveys the scene and smiles. His iPad comes back onto life and he starts shuffling through pictures of the family he lost. And Gary Oldman is just an incredible actor. He's only in like four scenes in this movie, but this one he just starts crying. And you're like, and he just loves Gary his family Oldman. all the time. Miss you know, him, man. Love my kid. Uh, Gary course, Oldman. <laughs> Gary Oldman. Where's Terry and McVeigh? <laughs> Uh, Gary Oldman heads over to the radio room to see if they can make contact with the outside world. Meanwhile, the outer perimeter is overrun with apes. The apes of the army first, arming themselves to the teeth. And I want to give a special shout out to whoever thought it would be a good idea. At one point, uh, I think Koba is has two like M50s and he's just dual wielding them. Yeah. Because he's yeah. so strong, he can just yeah, he fire them did. without Dude. having to have two arms. It's incredible. That that was incredible. And like in a, an incredible shot that is also so deeply sad and just so well motivated was seeing the apes city or whatever you want to call it burning and like yeah. the 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 apes running away but then there's so many apes kind of turning sides but without they're not evil like so many of them are just like they believe that the humans just attacked them and that they now need to protect themselves like all the imagery of that i thought was just so well done mm-hmm. and so deeply scary but the idea that koba is down to just destroy his admittedly dope as shit home 
uh and to just be like no 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 i want what the humans have i want to live where they are like mm-hmm. i don't want to be hiding anymore it's just such a, a cool kind of way to look at it of like they want this rundown thing that the humans are all locked into one little building <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. it's such a, a, a weird desire well, as they uh, Dreyfus gives a speech, says their animals will push them back, drive them down. They will not get through these doors. Little does he know. They know how to drive tanks. They brace, and we hear the sound of thunder approaching. The apes ride hard down California Street. Shout out. And open fire. The humans fire back, and all hell breaks loose. Blue eyes watch as his people are cut down. Koba rides hard, dual in those M50s. Dreyfus puts a rocket right in the fuel supply and cooks a bunch of apes. Uh, Koba orders a soldier to attack from above, and they all take to the, the telephone poles while Buck and Gorillas toss barrels. That, that work is makeshift Molotov cocktails at the gate. Donkey Kong, baby. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, Koba, again, very scary in this. Then uh, we get this beautiful shot we talked about with the tank rolling in, and Koba takes it upon himself. Amazing shot. If you haven't seen this movie, at least watch this one shot. It's cool. Google it. Uh, the radio room sends out a mayday as the city gates fall. Uh, Dreyfus realizes the humans have lost. Ellie finds Caesar clinging to life. I don't know how this happened because they're really far away from where Caesar fell, but but maybe Caesar got up and was like, I got to go. And then he's like, no, I can't go. They triage him uh, and take him to the car. He asks where his family is. And Ellie's like, I don't know. Malcolm wants to know why Carver would do such a thing, but Caesar sets him straight. Apes did this. The apes hunt down all the humans hiding in the city, uh, in city hall. Koba orders Ash to kill one of them, but Ash declines. Uh, Koba then drags him uh, to the to one of the upper balconies, which looked a lot like the balcony I got married on, and throws him <laughs> over it for disobeying Dude, him. This oh. exact place was where my prom was. <laughs> really, really, and that That's... is cool as fuck. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's where I got is where I got married. It it's is that exact balcony, is. which is yeah. funny. Because uh, I was like, oh, I, I was like, amazing. oh, I remember that balcony. That's where I got married. And then it's where the most Greg got horrific, married too. Yeah, it's the most horrifying scene ever. He just throws him over. Like, what the fuck? I mean, and I love I'm, that it. Is, the camera yeah. shot is just on him, and you yeah. just hear the result mm-hmm. of it, and you don't see any of it. It's just like yeah. oh. a- another the way he kind of like shuffles him over as well. It's just like the it's the way he moves is like kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of loose, and it's just the complete lack of like care in it. The and lack the of turns, it, yeah, the just lack like, of humanity. Yeah, Dude, no, I, I love it. Like earlier, I was saying the, the scene where we see Carver kind of like pull the gun on the, the apes and it's like, oh, fuck, we're so invested and we care so much. Like when this is happening and he's like, kill him. And he like, it's clearly not going. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. Caesar told me not to. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. You don't know how he's going to do it. And yeah, it's exactly so like brutal. Tam's saying, like it, it feels so scarily human, but also ape like the way he's moving and like just well he grabs him, him by like the like, scruff of the neck and drags yeah. him up right like I at first he's like it's okay it's okay and then he just violently grabs him is like nope you're dead and then throws him over and it reminds me i'm trying to there's another scene in another movie that this reminds me a lot of but oh you know what it reminds me of do you guys ever watch see braveheart yeah mm-hmm. do you remember the scene where the king takes his like the his son's lover over he's like let me show you something real quick and then just throws him over the fucking edge and you're like it's so shocking that he just killed his son's like lo- like best friend slash lover it's it's very, that's what it reminded me of. it was very very shocking wow. but very well done koba has a couple moments there too he has one later where one of the apes is pinned down and he helps it up just to take his gun and then fucking drops the thing oh, back on him god pretty brutal the um, other part of this scene that i think is so interesting is you see the apes in the background as this is happening, uh, wrestling with the fact of like, do we follow Koba because Caesar in theory now is dead and we need a leader or do we uh, like follow our moral code and what mm-hmm. we've been taught and like the wrestle between how, how in society does this work between like my convictions and we need 
a leader for this group. Yeah. So interesting. Uh, the apes, of course, hurt all the humans into cages while Caesar takes Malcolm and the crew back to James Franco's house to hide out. Malcolm agrees to sneak back in the colony. Didn't see this person. coming. Neither did I. That's when when, when they like hinted they're doing it, I was like, "Oh, these motherfuckers!" And when yeah. they're in the house, I was like, "Yes." Tim is such a sucker for a cinematic universe. <laughs> I, am. I really <laughs> am. Let's see. Blue eyes spots Maurice and the others uh, loyal to Caesar chained into a bus. Maurice tells them to watch his back. He's like, "You're not safe either." Malcolm sneaks into HQ as the apes tear the place apart looking for humans. He hides out, but he's caught by Blue Eyes, who lets him go because he's very conflicted about all the stuff. Great Malcolm scene. T- um, Why is Malcolm not. running around this bright blue jacket? I'm not so sure. What, he's I would definitely his camo index not that high. Like he yeah, has he to is. figure that shit out. Well, if apes, you know, if you stop moving, they can't see. You're you. right. You're right. Uh, just like T Rexes. Uh, Malcolm tells him he's like, Look, "Don't go. Your father's alive." Uh, of course, he takes him back to James Franco's house and Caesar tells Blue Eyes that Koba was the one responsible for the whole thing. He's like, "But I got to take responsibility for trusting Koba." I quote, "I always think apes better than humans. I see now how much we are alike." Blue Eyes tells Caesar every, everything that's going on, uh, going down, including Koba killing Ash and imprisoning everyone loyal to him. But he's worried. He can't. He's like, "You can't. You can't." take him on because you're too weak and the apes only respond to uh to strength and he goes father let me help you the next day uh or later that night i can't tell stuff moves faster blue eye sends a message to maurice and rocket letting them know the storm's coming and that message is the cool painting of the window that caesar used to look out on he's like let him know this is our insignia hell Um, yeah man let's fucking go this moment is incredible and just doubling back just a little bit because i i was looking at my notes the whole scene that results in maurice being not maurice uh malcolm being seen by blue eyes and how stressful that is that whole thing is a one shot following him up the stairs of that building Mm, as he goes in and it just adds so much it's it's a one shot for like 45 seconds and it's just so well done to result in that moment of him looking down the hallway and seeing the silhouette of blue eyes looking at him very fucking cool and the idea of um the apes being caged up because they were too loyal they weren't even revolting they weren't even doing anything they were just too loyal they might be a problem so they're caged up that is some deep shit (laughs) keep telling you man that's why tim when we take over this company andy has to go Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see they wait until night and then bust out of the bus and they do it in a very ingenious fashion they grab all of the other apes that are giving them captive and then turn the bus over on top of them smashing them all uh, and then that was such a cool them. moment it's badass I love Maurice, that moment Maurice is a thinker uh, meanwhile, Caesar watches some old video of him and James Franco, and it's very touching. This is where I get a little tear in my oh. eye because they hug at the end. It's really cute. Uh, Malcolm interrupts and asks about Will, and Caesar tells him that Will was a good man like Malcolm. Outside, the resistance finally arrives. Blue Eyes tells Caesar that they have to hurry. Koba has sent for all the females and young, including his mother, and he's like, oh, I don't like that. So they use the BART tunnels to sneak in, and cut, and, but they're cut off by some humans, which includes Gary Oldman. Uh, Malcolm tells Caesar to keep going up the stairs. I'm going to split off and try to keep these guys company. Uh, Dreyfus very excited to see Malcolm updates him on his plan, take back the city. He's like, we got it all figured out. All the apes, they're all up on this tower. So we're going to blow the base of the tower and kill all of them. Now, this is my, one of my only criticisms of this movie. At one point, Malcolm could have been like, let's have a conversation about this because that's a great plan. Let's keep that as plan B. We'll call that option two. Option one, I've sent Caesar up there to kill Ko, but if he succeeds, we can peacefully coexist. But instead, he goes over and, and subtly grabs a, an AR from the guy and holds them hostage. Very, very, very poorly. Uh, Caesar heads up and faces off with Koba. Malcolm grabs a gun, holds him son, and then they have a great little exchange here. Caesar, have no place here. Apes follow Koba. And he says, follow Koba into war. And he says, apes win war. Koba's strong. Caesar weak. And he says, Koba weaker. And then Dude, this, he shows him his ass. <laughs> yo, this, yeah. this whole thing of them getting to the top of the tower, like even the rise up to the tower and then cool. facing off. 
is one of those type of types of scenes in a movie where if you just showed me just this, if I hadn't seen the other movies, I'd be like, all right, whatever. But knowing what built to this, I'm like, they mm-hmm. earned the fuck out of it. Yeah. And it's like, it is so by the numbers of just what would be an epic showdown. What's the final duel duel look like, whatever it is just that. But when that is earned and backed up with these two fucking mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 quality movies, it just <laughs> hits different, man. And every single punch, every single dodge, I'm like in the moment where I'm so fearful for both of them where I don't want Koba to die. Like I want – I was like I don't want them to kill him because I want him in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andy Cortez joining the group. What's going on, Andy? Uh, what's up? Cool. Uh, Koba gets some strikes. Sounds in. like he's in a tunnel infiltrating the building. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know. I don't trust this guy right now. Uh, we got a lot of back and forth here. At one point, the Koba and uh, uh, Caesar end up hanging off of chains, punching each other as they're swinging around, which is super cool. Uh, so he says cool. Koba fights for the apes, and he says Koba. He said kill apes. Koba fight for Koba. Koba belongs in a cage, and Koba's like, no, I don't. And then so Koba gets uh, some good strikes in, but Caesar ducks two of them and hits him square in the ribs where he got cut. Uh, he's just a smarter fighter here. Uh, Koba brings down a scaffolding on both of them. They tumble into the air. Uh, down in the camp, Dreyfus grabs the detonator. Now, again, not not to say that this is a bad situation, but Dreyfus is like, I can't accept what you're talking about, Malcolm, because you sound like a, an insane person. He's like, he's up there. We got to give him some time. He's like, who's up there? He's like, the guy, Caesar, I think. I don't know. He's like, you're not instilling confidence in me. We have to blow these things up right now. Uh, Dreyfus grabs the detonator. Why did you make Malcolm seem like, uh, what's his name? Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Yeah. Because anyone, anytime any character is needlessly confused on screen, that's what we call a Mark Wahlberg or a Wahlberg for short. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, of course, Dreyfus's friends or counterparts go, hey, what are you doing? He says, I'm saving the human race. And he, Pulls the detonator, triggers the detonator, and then Malcolm jumps three feet out of the way, even though they've put 80 pounds of C4 on the base of this thing, yeah. and he survives as the whole thing comes down upon him. Uh, let's see. This, of course, escalates things upstairs. Everything goes crazy. A bunch of apes are, bla- uh, apes are blasted, except for Koba, uh, who keeps just turning up like a bad penny. Koba grabs an AR and starts capping fools. This is the scene I was talking about where he try- you think he's freeing one of his guys, but he just grabs the gun and just lets the thing smash back onto the ape. And then he just starts capping everyone indiscriminately. Uh, and so Caesar's like, dude, I got I to gotta just take one for the team and just launches himself in the air and sacrifices his body to take Koba down. Uh, Koba ends up hanging by a thread on a steel girder, and Caesar stands above him in victory. And then Koba's like, "Apes not kill ape," and Caesar's like, "You are not an ape." And then just I lets him go. Agree to it's, disagree? Or? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's a big psych moment. <laughs> it's like yeah. the psych that's been building up all movie, and he's just like. See a sucker. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to reiterate the, the note that I wrote down, which is I wanted him to go to monkey jail, but if you're going to kill him, <laughs> that's the way. Kill him like this. Uh, RIP Koba. Trial, Tim? Yeah, dude. Whole thing, man. I, th- I honestly thought that's the direction they were going with it. Like, I thought they were going to build him. We know there's another movie, but. I just uh, imagine, like, news, like, monkeys, news choppers, kind of like, <laughs> like, surrounding kind of like the courthouse as he's getting out of the limo into the, <laughs> walking into the courthouse. Or the For some reason, of- the court, the court scene in my mind is the court scene from uh, Dark Knight. Sca- 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 yes, Dark Knight Scarecrow. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, let's see the, the surviving apes howl in victory a few of them are like yo my bad I got kind of caught up in Koba's energy it was very infectious won't happen again Caesar orders Malcolm left unharmed uh, Malcolm tells him that humans made contact with he's like the humans made contact with soldiers which is a weird part too because I, I was like I thought Dreyfus was kidding about that like 
Because at no point did we see them actually make contact with the soldiers, no. right? So, oh yeah, it was off screen. Like we, they, they just they connected they, they, when they, they were down. They the radio, right? Yeah, but he said it. he said they did, but then the radio guy was still trying to make contact, right? So we get a scene in and amongst them where the guy's like, "Hey, uh, mayday, mayday, anyone out there? Anyone out there?" And then Malcolm steals the gun and holds him. And so I'm like, did they make contact with other soldiers, well, or what, was he what, bluffing? I, I don't think he was saying mayday. I think he was trying to keep communications up to update them of what the yeah, status of. Okay. Uh, okay. You see slight first contact when the apes are first taking over the city, and you see that dude on the laptop, like he shuts it and like runs right. away. Like right before that, you hear someone on the other end. So Got that it, was okay. like so like you have to yeah. Assume I, need, that, like, I needed a scene it. where the guy was like yeah. where he updated them so we knew the well, stakes were higher. Let me tell you something. In the original ending, the apes returned to Muir Forest with a military battleship pursuing them, as what Dreyfus said before blowing up the tower. Director Matt Reeves changed the ending following ambiguous reactions by the preview audience, citing that the original ending skipped emotional beats and should not end with an unknown entity. Fair. The present ending was filmed several weeks before release, with oh. him directing Jason Clark and Eddie Circus via Skype, with Circus oh standing providing his lines for Clark on set. Wow. So yeah, like the the way this movie ended, not the plan at all. Damn. Okay, hmm. I'm trying to think. Did I miss a post credit scene in this too? Because was there one in this or no? I can't remember. I didn't I, watch. I don't it, think so. I don't think there was. No. Uh, we'll continue on then. Caesar orders Malcolm left unharmed. Malcolm tells me humans are coming in. They're not safe here. Uh, if he doesn't go, it'll be all out war. And Caesar says, Leslie, man, cute, but war has already begun. Ape started war. Humans will not forgive them. You must go before fighting begins. I'm sorry, my friend. And Malcolm says, I thought we had a chance. And Caesar says, I did too. And Caesar and Malcolm. It's go. really sweet. It's very sweet. And they do the cool thing that I always suggest we all do as a way of greeting each other. Forehead to forehead. Him. <laughs> Look me in the eyes. If you if your eyes are close enough to mine, we look like cyclopses. One eye. Mm-hmm. There's less germs. Exactly. Sure. Uh, is, is there? I think yeah. You have to promise that you can't. You're not breathing through your mouth when you do it. No, I think you have to breathe through your eyes like an iguana. Okay. Caesar, of course, reunites with his family and takes back over his rightful place amongst as the leader of the apes. While Malcolm, very good shot, recedes into the shadows. Tam. Tam. Iguanas actually breathe through their eyes. Yeah, I'm I looking don't. it up right now. I don't now. know. I don't know. That's rocked my world. I think it might, I think they might sweat through their eyes. I think it's not breathing. Okay. I think they might breathe with just... their mouth. Okay. Uh, I don't like that I just trust things that Nick says. I know. Like, this I... is so ridiculous. That's why I had to ask because I was true. like, I don't want to, because that's an amazing fact that I might repeat, but I need to verify <laughs> no, 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 it before no, no, no. I repeat. Yeah, you can so, look that up. Yeah. I would look the lava lizards of the Galapagos Islands do breathe through their eyelids. Galapagos uh, is a disgusting word. It's gross. <laughs> See, this is why we can never let Kevin leave this company because he's the mm-hmm. only one that keeps me in check. Mm-hmm. If left unchecked, so many Wikipedia pages will be wrong. Is, uh, yeah, Nick Kevin, is like just a, the human embodiment of fake news. Just walking around there. Yeah. It's yeah. super fun. <laughs> Guys, try it sometime. It's fun. Just Kevin, try it on, on GameSpot. Kevin sent me a TikTok <laughs> video last night at 1.45 a.m. Uh, that was a scientific look at how to actually escape quicksand in case you get in it. Smart. <laughs> so... Smart. Just everybody I, understand. I, that. Given the time of that, one thirty-four, I would find that vaguely threatening. Like if I would be, <laughs> I would start looking around for like if he's starting to ship in quicksand. Is there any Google searches for quicksand? Like one day you're gonna sit down at your chair and just suddenly like start sinking. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't tell anybody, but we, we there's a quicksand room in the new studio. <laughs> it is weird how not common quicksand is for as much as it was prevalent in like our childhood yeah, yeah for sure. i'll send you this video joe and you'll oh, you're gonna you're gonna learn 
Uh, of course, Caesar is welcomed back into his colony as leader, and everyone bends the knee uh, to his awesomeness as the camera dollies in, and we end just as we started on a close-up shot of his eyes. And Thank you for bringing this up, Eric. It's super so good. Dope. I watched this this uh, the the movie this morning just to That's start cool. off the day, and it's just what a fucking great way to start and end the movie. Really yeah. cool. Very so cool. damn cool. What a feature film. Andy Cortez, can you please hit us off with something I like to call haiku and review? Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. Last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus uh. don't need to rhyme. Tell them. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. This comes from Nolan Fitzpatrick over on patreon.com slash kind of funny where you can write your haiku in review form the other way around apes get into fights you open with that cg apes don't aim down sights no they don't they (laughs) They don't don't need to miscellaneous (laughs) miscellaneous of course writes the plot in haiku rapid news feed shown hit the nail right on its dome bit too close to home man shows face once more and their fear makes tension soar apes do not want war both sides show their scorn Prejudice in various forms. Thin, the trust is worn. Copa's secret plot for the throne. He takes a shot. Succeed. He did not. Weaker than before, Caesar aims to settle score. Coba. Ape no more. Holy shit. Damn. (laughs) Jimmy Jeans writes in with the last one saying, ape not kill ape, but if ape frame human kill ape, ape kill ape he must. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. <laughs> that was good. Uh, let's do a little ragu bagu. Do 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 ragu. Do 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 bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome, to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys for the Planet of the Apes movie franchise. Number one on the list is Mallow and Striker. I don't know who Mallow is. Striker was Brian Cox's character. And I cannot remember who Mallow, Mallow was from. Malfoy, oh. thank you. Thank you. You thank called you. that you were going to do that this week, too. Yep. You're going to like, I'm going <laughs> to write Mallow, and I'm not going to remember next week. Yeah, Malfoy is how it came out this time, so that's how it's going to be next week. Where do we, Here's the question. Who's the bad guy in this one? I guess Koba. Right? It's Koba, and I would even put Carver in there, yeah, but I, would, I, would I don't Carver think Gary Oldman or anyone else is. No. I think it's Koba. Yeah. Where do we want to put them? Koba's an all-timer for me. Oh, dude. yeah. Yeah, Koba's I mean, badass. I'll put him at number one. It's a weird thing to rank because we've spent so much of this interview being like, there isn't really a villain because we understand what the motivations are for both sides. Mm-hmm. But I agree that it's such a good conflict that it should be number one. Well, Koba well, just gets in too deep. Like, he loses... Yeah. He, he, he loses sight of what his actual goal is when he, like Nick mentions, he's all about... Uh, uh, everything like throughout the movie leads to you to believe that he's got great intentions, right? It's, yes. It's, and I think it's like beautifully done and everything feels so satisfying to watch and everything kind of is, feels really, really earned mm-hmm. except for that moment where he like lets his homie die. Cause he's reaching for the gun. Like it's, it's shit like that, that you could tell he kind of loses sight of what's happening. He just wants to win at this point. Mm-hmm. Power. I do, yeah, I do like that. Saying. He's like, I, I, I like that scene where he's like, "Dude, you're in too deep." I found a college application on your desk the other day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Koba's yeah. like, "You're right, man. I don't know how long this thing's gonna last." Twenty one jump street <laughs> reference. Then. Yes. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. So, d- does everyone agree? Koba and Carver number one. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. so the new yeah. list is Koba and Carver number one, and Malflow and Striker number two. <laughs> now it is time to rank Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. 
Andy Cortez, I want to hear what you thought about this movie and where you rank it. This is a big numero uno. This is, uh, a, I would love to go through all the movies we've done and just kind of rank my top 10. Because this might be in the top 10. Ooh. I just think that like any, any theme that's introduced, any um, conflict that's introduced, it's all wrapped up really well. Um, this movie is just like kind of a really, really high quality paint by numbers movie where it's using a lot of tropes from a lot of stuff we've seen before the whole, like your dad, I don't know. He's kind of fucking up, uh, blue eyes or whatever his name is. Like you, I mean, you sure he's cool. Like, just be careful, man. Cause you know, he loves these humans. <laughs> like, I just love yeah. how calculating Koba is throughout a lot of mm. this movie. Um, and I think I think it's really great. I think we I love that James Franco cameo at the end of like he's a good human just like you are, you know, like this movie's great. Uh this is easily number 1. Um and yeah, this is one of my favorite movies after rewatching and kind of remembering. God damn, this is a quality film. Agreed. I would agree with Andy. Does anyone disagree that this would not would not be number 1? No. Joey, I feel like you might be the only one. Yeah. The more I feel like it's one of those things that like the more that I talk about it and I think about how much I liked the aspects like the ape stuff, the fact that like the human elements of this were the things that I had the issue with, but were so minor compared to the rest of it. That's so great. Uh, and I had more issues with like the bad elements of the human things in the last ones like Malfoy's really not great and like all of his pieces like this one is a better movie even though I missed some of the like positive human interactions and like from the first one yeah I this is definitely number one for me I I'm with Andy that I do think this movie is gonna stand the test of time for me as being an, an all-timer like this is so special I had so much fun the entire way through uh Nick talking about how iconic that uh tank scene is like oh i am gonna God. every once in a while just youtube it just to watch it because <laughs> it is something so fucking fun and special um i do think though that rise isn't that far behind this like i just wanted to give a shout out that like that movie's really fucking cool and i i think mm -hmm. it's uh is a little bit underrated but anyways this one tim, definitely is number one tim i do want to call out i accidentally rented rise again <laughs> 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 I, I saw james franco on the picture i was like man i i know that he's not in two but i guess he dies in the beginning of two that's interesting that's so funny i mean it's funny you say that because nick said it earlier but like or alluded to this at least it is weird the order of the names of these because it should go dawn rise war yeah yeah it going <laughs> rise yeah. dawn wars like i don't know why right. i thought the first one was just planet of the apes and this was rise of the planet of the Apes. like i don't know why i thought they <laughs> added a, just an extra yeah. word on it and yeah i rented that shit again i started it up and i was like man this looks real familiar don't feel bad andy i watched a solid 15 minutes of peacemaker episode one not realizing it was not episode eight last night i was like it's weird that they recapped all of suicide squad really weird it's a 38 minute long recap strange man i was like it's a whole movie tam any closing words on this no i think it's I the thing I'm excited about is where it's going. We said that after last um, episode of this show and and um, the movie. Uh, this is you, each one of these movies is amazing on its own, but like an, a fantastic setup for the next movie. And I love this film. And the next one is it's quite something, man. It is it is quite something. I'm interested to see kind of like how the, your takes are on it as as first time watchers. But I remember watching it and being like. 
that was harrowing. I've but, largely forgotten a lot of part three, so I'm, I'm is, very excited. It is interesting. It is interesting. Fuck yeah. yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Let us know in the comments below what you thought of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and how excited you are for War of the Planet of the Apes. God, there's so many words in these titles. <laughs> uh, Tam, where can people find you? You can find me on Kind of Funny Games Daily and uh, GameSpot.com and GiantBomb.com and Twitch.tv forward slash Tomorrow H and um, MinMax and hey, I'm everywhere. He's everywhere, um, baby. You gotta love it. I love it for sure. But until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.